This is going to be my last message here at Community Church. And I just want to say that in my heart, I have great love and affection for every one of you. This has been the supreme blessing that I have had the opportunity to participate in from a ministerial perspective in my whole 30 years in ministry, being the pastor of this church. Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will be also, and my Father will honor the one who serves me. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three. The Christian walk is a walk of faith. God designed it to be so because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Everything that sustains us as Christians comes to us by faith. Salvation, righteousness, blessing, eternity, they all come to us through faith. And the Bible teaches that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The epistle of James says that faith is belief placed into motion. And the prophet Habakkuk says that the Christian lives by faith. However, the life of faith is no easy road. Remember, it is the evidence of things not seen. So sometimes when we step out by faith, things work out just as we hope they will, and it's wonderful. But many times when we step out by faith, things don't get clearer, they get murkier. I stepped into the role of pastor of community church by faith, believing that God had led me here. I left my career in human services to take the pastorate here with the confidence that God was directing my steps. And I continue today to do my very best to listen to him and to follow him. In the past three years, I did what I told you I would do. I followed the philosophy of ministry that I shared with you on the day that I was voted in as pastor. I began by teaching the Bible as I was trained to do, as I was gifted to do, and as I had done on several occasions, filling in for Pastor Steve. We created a new mission vision statement for the church. I shared with you the four words of discipleship, growing, giving, glorifying, and going. I wrote three daily devotional books, published two booklets, wrote more than 150 pastor's desk articles, more than 30 Pathway to Abundant Life newspaper articles, which were also broadcast on the radio due to the good graces of Harv and Linda Reese. And I did all this to scatter the seed of God's word as broadly as I possibly could. I brought together the local community of pastors to pray, and I prayed consistently for you. 
and with you and for our community. Christy and I have been into most of your homes to break bread with you. And to the best of my ability, I have endeavored to lead you with a servant's heart. I share, you, I share this with you, not as a personal defense, but simply to frame in my own mind that over the past three years, I did what I said I would do in the best way I knew how. The executive committee and some of you see my ministry in a different light, and sometimes good people, each doing their level best to follow God by faith, can see things differently. This is where I find myself today, but I'm not the first to experience it. I'd like to read for you out of the book of Acts, chapter 15. Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord, with many others also. Then, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John, called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. So even the great apostle Paul, parted ways from his mentor and close friend Barnabas when they had a disagreement over approach to ministry. I want to share with you here this morning why I am resigning. Many of you have asked that question, and I hope to answer it this morning. But first, I want to preface that everything I'm sharing with you this morning is from my perspective. I'm quite certain that there are others who see things differently than I do, perhaps because they have different information available to them, perhaps because they stand in a different position than I do. I respect that. I understand it. And though I'm disappointed with how my ministry here at Community Church is ending, I have to tell you I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. My heart remains filled with love. But nevertheless, you need to hear what led to my decision. After each of my first two years here as pastor, a subgroup of the executive committee provided a performance review for me. And in each review, though there were uh, many positive things said, it was also made very clear to me that it was felt that I needed to improve my teaching presentation. There was too much scripture. The messages were too long. Please tell more stories, more jokes. And they weren't alone. There were others in the congregation um, who shared with me their desire that I might teach or preach in a different way than I was doing. Each year, I attempted to do what I was asked, but in all honesty, I got off balance. I struggled to change who I was foundationally as a teacher of the Bible. And this was particularly difficult for me because in my previous pastoral positions, it was my teaching of the Bible that was considered to be a strength by those whom I served. In all honesty, in the past two years, I've struggled to regain my equilibrium in the pulpit after the executive committee performance reviews. But full disclosure here, I did not communicate well with the executive committee. 
and with those who provided feedback to me. I could have communicated so much better the struggle I was going through. I take ownership of that failure and not reaching out and asking for help. But that there would be debate over preferences for teaching the word is not a new thing, and it's not unusual. In fact, it dates back to the Apostle Paul, who the Corinthian church complained had contemptible speech. They sought a more eminent apostle who was trained in public speaking and could compete with the Greek philosophers who peppered their speech with elegant wisdom. Finding a pastor that everybody likes is a tall order. This month, at the executive committee meeting on Wednesday, January 10th, after presenting my pastor's report, I was expecting to participate with the executive committee in a review of our mission and vision statements. However, the executive committee went into executive session, and I was asked to leave the meeting. Now, from my perspective, and my perspective only, it's never a good sign when the person assigned to provide spiritual leadership is excluded from discussion about how the church is doing. Nevertheless, I left, and the next day, Thursday, I was asked to attend a meeting with the executive committee on the following day, which was Friday, and I agreed. However, I suspected that the meeting was likely going to be one in which I would be asked to make additional changes. So on that day, Thursday, I wrote a letter of resignation in preparation for the meeting on Friday. And as it turns out, I was correct. The executive committee began the meeting by stating that the church was beginning to shrink and that there were several changes which needed to be made in the church and that most of those changes involved me. At that point, I knew I needed to resign. Now, some might question, why not just go along with the changes that the executive committee was requesting or at least hear them out and discuss the changes? And that's a very reasonable question. The answer is that I simply believed I could no longer continue to change the substance and style of who I am as a minister of the gospel and remain faithful and true to the calling and the gifting God had given to me. Three consecutive years of requests to change my approach to teaching and ministry had indicated to me that I was just simply not a good fit for this church. And so I offered my resignation letter to the executive committee, and they received it without protest. Now, I want to state something unequivocally here. I want to be as clear as I possibly can. I respect the executive committee. I love every man and woman on that board. They are my brothers and sisters in Christ, and they are doing their very best on a volunteer basis to serve this church. But like Paul and Barnabas, we're not seeing things the same way. And as the Bible states in Amos chapter 3, can two walk together unless they be agreed? So what is next? What lies ahead? Well, for Christy and me, we don't know. Many of you have asked me that. And the honest answer is, we don't know. It wasn't our plan when we stepped into this ministry to be leaving so soon. We expected a longer-term ministry, but through the circumstances I've just shared with you, I discerned that the time had come for me to part ways with Community Church. God has not given us any clear direction, 
about what we are to do next or what lies ahead for us. However, we do have hope. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Christy and I have hope for our future because we have Jesus. Christy and I have hope because we have the Holy Spirit. Our hope is properly placed, and it will not disappoint, though at this time we are disappointed. We're always looking forward in hope to the glory of God. So I don't know what lies ahead, but I know it's good. I know God's got this. I must share with you that the past couple of years, and especially the last six months, have been very challenging for me personally. And again, I take ownership of the fact that I did not share this with anybody. I did not feel like I had someone I could share it with. But I've sensed this day coming. Excuse me, I didn't want this to happen. But I've sensed this day coming, and I prayed frequently, and I've cried often, grieved much, and experienced many sleepless nights. But ultimately, this is not about me. I'm just a stone in his temple. And if, as John the Baptist said, God is able to, from stones, raise up sons of Abraham. And if, as Jesus said, God is able to make the stones cry out in praise to him as he enters Jerusalem, then so too, most certainly, God is able to raise up a pastor for this church that fits the vision of the executive committee far better than I do. For me, this is about God's glory. And I have chosen to step out of the way so that this church can move forward in the way that the executive committee chooses. I do not wish to be a focal point for division or contention in this church. I told you that I stepped into this ministry by faith. And I know that when I did that, God was pleased, because he's always pleased when we step out in faith. And I'm very happy when I please God. I'm now stepping out of this ministry, but I'm doing it by faith, and I know that God is pleased because I'm acting in faith. And the Holy Spirit fills my heart with hope that will not disappoint. So why didn't things work out differently? If you stepped into this, Greg, by faith, why did not things work out differently? God knows. I do not. But I know this. Many times... What is perceived as success in ministry, large crowds, incoming cash flow, cultural relevance, is anything but godly or biblical. And likewise, often what is seen as failure in ministry is viewed by God as worthy of a standing ovation, just as Jesus stood in heaven while Stephen was being stoned. God requires one thing of his servants, 
And this is how he gauges success. Have they been faithful to his call? I would like to share some parting counsel with you. First, live your life by faith. Yes, when you step out of the boat by faith, sometimes you are going to sink in the waves instead of walking on the water. Step out anyway. Endeavor to please God by taking him at his word. In the end, a life lived by faith is never easy, but it is always spiritually rewarding. It is always right. There is no other pathway for the true Christian. Secondly, rejoice in hope. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And know that though you will occasionally fail him, he will never fail you. And really, what is failure except an opportunity for God to reveal himself more powerfully to us and in us? Though you go through the fiery furnace, he will be there with you. And know this, that the Holy Spirit within you is given to you as a promise of what surely is to come. It's Christ in you that is the hope of glory and hope in Jesus that comes through the Holy Spirit never disappoints. And finally, and this is the most important thing I want to share with you this morning. Practice love. Barry alluded to it in his call to worship. But practice love with one another. There are many challenges that lie ahead for Community Church. I could list out what I think those challenges might be. Your list might look different than mine, but I think we can all agree that there are hard things that lie ahead for this church. From my perspective, perhaps the greatest risk that exists to this body of believers is the potential for division. I'm concerned that Satan desires to divide this flock. And to devour it. And he will. If you let him. Wars over worship styles. Whether or not there should be a choir. A worship team. What the style of worship should be. Wars over the word. How much scripture should be included. What should the length of the message be. These have all happened before. In this church. And they can happen again. Especially at a vulnerable time such as this. Do not underestimate Satan. He is a master deceiver, a thief come to rob, kill, and destroy. He is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now sometimes... These wars over worship, these wars over the word, must be fought in order to maintain the biblical integrity of worship and the preeminence of the word. But so often we fight over personal preferences rather than defending the truth of the gospel. The answer is to speak the truth in love. Listen to what the apostle said to the Galatian churches. For all the law is fulfilled in this one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But listen, if you bite and devour one another, beware 
lest you be consumed by one another. Ultimately, I believe that there is no challenge that can stand against a congregation that allows God's love to dwell within it and that allows God's love to be practiced by the believers within it. A congregation of saints that truly loves God, that truly loves each other, that truly loves the lost, the gates of hell will not prevail against that church. And that's the kind of church that Jesus is building. But this love only occurs when we truly yield our hearts and lives in obedience to the Holy Spirit. It thrives only when we seek to build His kingdom and not our own. This church has been here for a hundred years. Moving forward, will community church divide or will it stand strong? Are community church's best days ahead or will it die here on the vine? The answer will be found in whether or not each one of you allow God's love to rule within you. Will you open your hearts to me just this one time? In the days ahead, when the challenges that I said would confront you arise like mountains before the plains, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance what I have said to you. In that day, I want you to remember what love looks like. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, And though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. And now abide. Faith, 
hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. Heavenly Father, I pray for Community Church. I first pray for the Executive Committee. Lord, I pray that you give them wisdom, vision, a heart for the future, and that their leadership, Lord God, would be powered by your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, for this congregation, each and every soul, that they will abide in faith, hope, and love, that they will live their lives by faith, that they will rejoice in hope of the glory of God, that they will practice love with one another, as difficult as that might be. Lord, through your grace, all things are possible. And though Satan would have this church crumble, though Satan would devour the lives of those who comprise this church, greater are you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would work so mightily in the lives of this flock, these precious people, that when the pastor who comes after me looks out from this pulpit, he sees a group of people who have an indelible and perfect love for one another. In Jesus' name, amen.